This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, it is a bonus episode of the Utopia Football Podcast with a little extra mixed in today. Um, we don't usually do these on Tuesdays, but it's draft week, so we have uh, a nice nice little bonus episode lined up for you here, including a mock draft, a Utopia mock draft of the first 12 picks in the draft. As of right now, that should capture, that will capture as of right now, the Texans' top two picks in this draft, barring a trade between now and this podcast arriving on whatever device it is you listen to podcasts on. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast, mornings on Sports Radio 610, joined as always, by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com and GalleriesSports.com, John McClain. And John, um, I want to start with. Let, well, let's start. We'll get. We'll do all the football in one big chunk because one of the big stories here in Houston today, in what's been a pretty heavy news 24 hours between Jordan Alvarez's neck injury and the Aaron Rodgers trade, which isn't Houston necessarily, but it's big news. Um, but the Ime Udoka hire with the Houston Rockets, um, it's look as far as coaches go. If we're if we're grading coaching hires on a similar scale to how D'Amico Ryan's was hired with the Texans, based on how well thought of they are in their respective leagues and how highly sought after they might be, um, this is a similar kind of hire for the Rockets. I think Udoka is a guy who, between the lines, coaching is very well respected around the NBA. I was surprised they hired Udoka because he's only got one year of head coaching experience, and they just went through Stephen Silas, who had never been a head coach and uh, had three losing seasons. I thought it might be somebody like Frank Vogel or Nick Nurse, guys who'd won championships and had coached multiple years. But Udoka gets, gets a lot of respect. He had one year, and it was a great one. Uh, he got to the finals, but – um, they're taking a heck of a chance. And then, of course, they vetted him. He got fired because of an improper relationship with a woman on the staff that they first said was consensual and then found out uh, there were some other charges. But he was going to be a head coach somewhere, Sean, so why not the Rockets? Yeah, um, it's, it's going to be interesting because his press conference, John, if I'm not mistaken, when he meets with the media, this will be the first time he's met with the media since he was let go by the Celtics. Since this whatever behind-the-scenes scandal was going on in Boston, this will be his first meeting with the media. What do you expect? Because uh, I, mean, I guess it won't just be Houston media in that room. I'm guessing there will be NBA uh, national people that are being sent to Houston for that press conference. I'm guessing the Boston Globe will be here. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, that means that most of it would be turned over to his affair and why he got fired. And then the, the, the media in Houston wants to look ahead, not behind, because, you know, they're so starved for turnaround the franchise here, just like the Texans are. And uh, so hopefully they will keep him there for a while. I always hate it when you're like at the at the combine and at the league meetings. We're trying to in- interview D'Amico and people there from the 49ers asking him 49ers questions when we're trying to ask him Texans questions. And fortunately, he was not in a hurry. So that was the case both ways. So I went over to uh, Kyle Shanahan and uh, and asked ask him questions uh, about D'Amico and the Texans and Bobby Slowick. So hopefully they will get him up there for a few minutes and then take him off because you need – it's a it's a Houston hire. People want to know what he thinks about Houston, but he has to answer the questions too about what happened to him with the Celtics. And I would imagine the smart thing, Sean, and I'm guessing you'll agree with me, is to say I made a mistake. Oh, yeah. I've moved on. You know, I, I'm never going to happen to me again. And I'm here to talk about basketball. I agree with how he should handle that. I agree with what you said, John. I don't know if I entirely agree with Houstonians just wanting to look ahead. This is not, you know, when D'Amico's getting asked 49er questions, it's probably about the NFC title game and players and like mundane football stuff. I honestly think there's a lot of Rocket fans out there that do want to hear Ime Udoka have to answer for some of the things in Boston. These are very human things that we're talking about here. So I, speaking for myself, that's the part I'm most looking forward to. Like I, Honestly, until the lottery takes place, we don't even know what this team's going to look like next year other than they've got a nucleus of nice young players. And I am curious about his opinion on those players and what he thinks the ceiling is for this group and so forth. I'm interested in that. But if I'm ranking the things I'm interested in hearing Udoka talk about, it is what happened in Boston because we haven't heard anything about that yet. And we're never going to find out anything about what happened in Boston. But I at least want to see him answer for it. You know what I mean? Of course he'll have to answer the question. I'm guessing he'll do it exactly like I said. And he'll say that that he'll repeat the same thing, that he made a mistake and it won't happen again. And that's going to be that. And people can ask it 20 different kinds of ways. And he's not going to deviate from it. And uh, because I think that would be foolish and I don't see that being the case, but that should be, he probably should start off with a statement like Nick Casario did when he addressed the uh, speculation that he was going to leave after the draft that uh, he might ought to do it in an introduction and just hit it head on, be active rather than proactive. Yeah, maybe so. Um, I guess the other bit of speculation is what does this mean for, James Harden coming back to the Rockets. Udoka is supposedly a very defensive-oriented coach who's kind of a taskmaster. I've never looked at James Harden and said, that's a guy who really could take to some <laughs> taskmastering right there. I, I think I don't want to say this closes the door on it because I, I mean only the Fertitas and Harden himself really know what the interest level is in in they're mutually in them bringing him back here. But if we're looking at who some of the candidates were for this job and I was ranking them based on the likelihood that Harden would want to play for them, I don't know that I would have Udoka near the top of that list. My God, that'd be a mistake to bring Harden back here. It's old news, yesterday's news. They got young players. They don't want him influencing the young players by not playing, putting out in playoffs. They need to put that to bed. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's you're saying that. I think there is a part of the Fertitas that would would not mind having Harden back. Otherwise, I don't think it'd be a topic, you know? Uh, is that a media uh, concocted thing, or has somebody said something on the record about I, it? I don't know what's been said on the record. There's been enough smoke out there about the possibility of Harden coming back to where I don't think it would get to where it's gotten to. If the Fertitas weren't open to it at this juncture, I do know that when Harden left, John, and we know how ugly it looked on the surface. You know, he came in out of shape wasn't trying for like the first eight games of the year. And then they ship him out to, to Brooklyn. I, I do know from talking to some people behind the scenes, people that you and I both know that uh, the acrimony level uh, outwardly publicly between the fan base and James Harden did not mirror what the level of acrimony was behind the scenes to the point where I had people tell me that the door literally like right after the trade was made that, Hey, James may come back here someday. The door is still open. So if that hasn't changed, then I do think there is part of them that would welcome it back, probably underneath the right circumstances, probably under the right circumstances. My guess is James wants a max contract, and that would be dumb for the Rockets. You can, we can debate whether or not it makes sense to have Harden come back, period. Forget about the salary. I think it would be silly to give him four years, $200 million at age 34, you know? Absolutely. And if they, if they don't mind him quitting on his team, uh, all those things you mentioned, plus dogging it in the playoffs, if they like that, then open the door and hold it open for him. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's our uh, that that's the uh, Ime Udoka top or uh, Ime Udoka, Udopa Udoka. My God, topic. Um, <laughs> I know that's going to be tough. Ime Udoka. Ime Udoka. Well, Seth butchered the name five ways to Sunday today at uh, six six oh five in the morning, so it's okay. Um, actually, I think he just called him Udoma. I don't think he butchered it that, that much, but he called him Udoma a couple times. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Um, so uh, uh, before we get to our mini mock draft, John, the big story as pertains to the draft Texans th that affects the Texans is this odd move today of Will Levis from uh, plus 4,000 last night to be the first overall pick in the draft to at one point plus 400 and i'm hearing within the last 10 to 15 minutes he's down to plus 300 to be the number one pick in the draft and bryce young is dipped below minus 1000 to be the number one pick so to be clear bryce young's still the heavy favorite but will levis has i mean like to say he's narrowed the gap like he wasn't even on the radar this morning and all of a sudden he's like number two He's ahead of everybody else behind other than Bryce. And the, the, the gap is, is narrowing as the day goes on. I'm actually, let me pull the, uh, 
me pull the Reddit post. My son sent it to me this morning. This was the Reddit post that had everybody had everybody talking. And people people think this is the catalyst for the odds moving. It wasn't a big name or anything like that. So this is on a, a sports book, Reddit, a Reddit sports book uh, thread and by somebody by the name of Sale Agreeable 2834. You know, the noted newsbreaker, Sale Agreeable 2834. But this is <laughs> this is what the post says, John. Currently, Will Levis is four, plus 4,000 to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family, Carolina will, in fact, take him on Thursday. You're welcome. That was enough for people to start betting on Will Levis to the point where DraftKings took it all the way down to plus 400. And I haven't even looked, other than hearing on the la- in the last 15 minutes that the odds have gotten even lower. Uh, this is going to be a fun little thing to follow throughout the day. What do you make of it, John? If Will Levis is the first pick in the draft and Bryce Young falls into the Texans' lap, I will uh, eat the Chronicle sports section. Oh, again? I'm not going to have to do that. Oh, yeah, when that's I made, true. When I made that prediction in 2013, it was yeah. way before the draft, and uh, – so I thought there was no way they would miss it. So I came back, chomped down on it. And uh, the Chronicle's great photographer, Brett Coomer, shot a picture of me eating it with potato salad and beans. And it was quite good. And I'm so sure that it's not going to be well, Levis. Very, it was very interesting today when I shot my weekly video with Mattress Mac that's on gallerysports.com. He talked about the way it was set up in Vegas, this big room that's full of people. And he said the size of this dining room, when, you know, he's got a hundred tables there. He said they're everywhere. They're scouring every website they can get, looking for every morsel of information. And that's how they come up with these odds. And uh, and I thought, wow, but based on that one, uh, not knowing who that person was, because before people were saying that Bryce Young's agent, was telling teams Carolina's going to take him. So just let you know, you don't have a chance to get him. But, man, oh, man, if that were to happen, Sean, my God, would the Texans be the luckiest team in draft history. John, the odds, the movement on the odds, you know what this reminds me of, though? Like, as long as we're talking about things that everybody thinks are uh, are just, you know, like hay in the barn kind of things, Um you know, I think draft wise, I think of Baker Mayfield, like going number one in 2018, like that was not totally expected. Um, the I don't know that there was a Bryce Young in that draft that was place holding that top spot and Baker displaced them. But I think Baker was a bit of a surprise, but he was a huge surprise, huge surprise. Paolo Moncaro was a big surprise in the NBA draft last year. Remember, it was it was Jabari Smith, Jabari oh, yeah. Smith the whole time. The Rodgers so, were getting Boncaro for sure. So an hour before the draft, they draft Paolo Boncaro. I mean, that's a fairly recent example within the, at least the sports draft realm where a team's been able to keep something like that secret. I always I thought Boncaro was a better player than Jabari Smith, so that actually made sense to me. This wouldn't make sense to me because I don't think Levis is better than Bryce Young. Um, but to each their own, if it were to happen, it reminds me of the election in 2016 Ooh. where, so Adele was playing in concert that night at Toyota center, John, um, and Amy and I had tickets to go see Adele on election night, 2016. And when we went in the Toyota center at like six 30, Hillary was like a minus 1000 favorite to win the election. 
And back then, they, I don't know how great the Wi-Fi was in Toyota Center. It was bad enough to where we went in there and my phone just, you know, I, I got no signal. You know what I mean? Like, because there's yeah. too many people in one spot. I wasn't getting any Wi-Fi. So I wasn't getting tweets. I wasn't getting anything, which was nice. I could enjoy the concert. So about three hours later, by about 10 o'clock at night, everybody's filing out of the concert and the Internet starts to work and things like that. And I start getting push notifications from Twitter. And now all of a sudden, Trump is like minus 1500 to win the election. And I'm going, OK, I look at Amy. I'm like, how long have we been here? Like, <laughs> like that happened in three hours. Wait, what happened? And you know how it went. Like he wins one swing state and then that's it. The election just completely shifts over to him. But this is that's what this reminds me of. Like there reaches a certain point where you have these odds that have been so high, you know, so lopsided for one guy. And now it starts to dip like if Bryce gets down to minus 500 or something like that. I feel like, okay, maybe there is something to this. You know that the, you know that there are sharps out in the desert, John, that are trying to find out who the hell sale agreeable 2834 is so they can vet him and find out if he's legit. That'd be the greatest thing that ever happened for the Texans in their draft history. Oh, my God. It would be something else. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, John. So let's put this to the test then. Let's you and I do a, a mini mock draft here. Uh, let's do the first 12 picks because that'll capture both of the Texans picks. And here's how we're going to do this, John. Um, picks one through six, I'll be the odds. I'll do one, three, and five. You Let do me two, do four, one th through six so you can pick Tyree Wilson. What's that? Let me do one through six so you can pick Tyree Wilson. Oh, okay. You want, okay. Gotcha. Well, I, you want me to pick Tyree at two? Yeah, I'll take Bryce Young. Well, you said you were picking Tyree Wilson, right? Well, I did, but no, but no. Here's how we're going to do this: you, I'll pick first, you pick second, I'll pick third. We'll go back and forth. We don't each have to make picks on all these. You know what I mean? Like it's a true mock draft. Like I'll I'll go one, you go two, I'll go three, you go four, I'll go five, you go six, and then coming back around, you be the odds. You'll go seven, I'll go eight. We'll go back and forth, dueling pianos, John. You know, so you can't take Tyree Wilson. At I can. No, I'm going to take. I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to go one, and I'm going to still think that Bryce Young is the pick for Carolina at one. So that's. I, I'm with you. I think this is a lot of smoke. I think this is. I think we're bored. Uh, you know, with two days before the draft, we've we've uh, we've had every rumor out there, and we're now getting a little tired of Bryce Young being minus a jillion so that some Reddit guy put something up about Will Levis. I'm going to say it's still Bryce Young. Now, you are on the clock for the Texans, John, at two. Who do you have at two for the Tyree Texans? Tyree Wilson. You got Tyree Wilson at two. Okay. I'll do that for you. Okay. Well, I heard you on In the Loop today say that you think the Texans – I don't want to put words in your mouth. It sounded like you – you think that Tyree Wilson is a better chance for the Texans than Will Anderson is right now? I think he's a better chance than Will Anderson, yes. Okay, okay. I, I hope I'm wrong. Okay. But uh, I don't think I am if they pass up a quarterback. Okay, I'm not, we're not going to do trades in this little mini mock draft we're doing here. So I got young one to the Panthers. You got Tyree Wilson two to the Texans. For me, thank you, John. Um, three at Arizona. Since we're not doing trades, Arizona's going to stay there and pick. 
I'm going to put Will Anderson here, John, but I was seeing from both Albert Breer and Peter King yesterday that the total wild card with the Cardinals, even if they stay at three, is they might take an offensive lineman there. They might take Paris Johnson from Ohio State at three. Are you seeing that too? No, even though they lost both starting defensive ends, I do not see it. Okay. They they be taking a player. It's not nearly rated as high yeah. as Will Anderson is. Okay. So, so Indy at four. Anderson. I'm going Anderson at three, John. You are on the clock. You are Chris Ballard at four for Indy. CJ's – well, everybody now is saying they're going to take Will Levis instead of CJ Stroud. So I'm going to go with Levis. Okay. And uh, – uh, who will be the second quarterback off the board. Okay, yeah, and, that, and that's kind of how we're doing this. We're doing this by what we think is going to happen, not what we would do if we were Chris Ballard. What do you think about that, John? Levis over Stroud. I, uh, I've i watched and read everything I can on Levis, who's big. He's got a great arm. He's smart. He got his degree at Penn State before he ever went to Kentucky. He may have a master's by now, and he scored 93 on that has two cognition tests. So he's smart. He's tough. He's big. You know, he lost his offensive coordinator, two starting offensive linemen, and two starting wide receivers last season when he threw a lot of interceptions. So uh, it wouldn't bother me if the Texans took Will Levis. Wouldn't bother me if they took any of these quarterbacks, really. I just want them to take a quarterback. But uh, I'm going with what uh, the, all the scuttlebutt is with the so-called experts in the media. They have Levis going to the Colts. Okay. I mean, this is fat. This Levis thing is fascinating, John. I Isn't mean, it? It's John between Levis's odds for the second pick going down yesterday, between him getting in the mix for the first pick now today, according to the odds makers, and with Levis being forecasted as Indy's top non Bryce Young guy. I don't know that I've ever seen a prospect, John, who's been bandied about more in the top three or four of a draft that I can find so little positive about out there in scouting reports without even throwing a pass. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. All right. So uh, I'm on the clock now for Seattle. All right, John, here's the first big curveball. I would say I'm going to go Anthony Richardson at Seattle. These next two picks, these two teams, I think that's a good pick. Yeah. These next two teams, John, these are kind of free rolls for these teams. This pick Seattle has, is Denver's pick from the Russell Wilson trade. And the next pick, Detroit, is the pick from the Rams for the Matthew Stafford trade. These are two teams that pick again later in the first round. Um, and these are two teams that overachieved, not overachieved, but they they, I mean, they overachieved versus expectations. But I think they're both legitimately solid football teams that are both pointed, the arrows pointed up right now. So if you're Seattle, I think you can afford to take your post-Geno Smith risk and Anthony Richardson, and if he works out, man, you are you are loving that. He can sit for a year and watch Geno Smith if you don't want to get him on the field right away. Um, so I'm going to go Anthony Richardson to Seattle at five. Uh, Geno's contract, three-year deal, they can get out of it after one year with no problem. You know, Richardson has started 13 games, 12 last year. He was 6'6 as a starter. He's a multi-talented project. So going to a team where he doesn't need to play is the best thing that could happen to him, especially a team with all the weapons that they have on offense. No doubt. No doubt. All right, John, you're on the clock. You got the next two picks, John, because you're going to pick for Detroit, and then we're going to spin it around, and you're going to be the odd-numbered ones going back to 12. So uh, who do you got for Detroit at six? Defensive tackle Jalen Carter 
Mm. More baggage than Samsonite, but he's a tremendous talent. I do not see him falling below six, especially when the Lions need so much help at defensive tackle. Put him next to Aiden Hutchinson, last year's first-round pick, and that is a gruesome twosome if, indeed, Carter stays out of trouble, loses weight, and decides to put out on every play. Okay, so now comes the decision here, John. Now C.J. Stroud is still on the board for Las Vegas at seven. But I'm going to say that this S2 test for C.J. Stroud is what has everybody freaked the hell out, has everybody spooked on C.J. Stroud. And I'm going to say that the Raiders, if they stay here, that they make the safe pick and take the traitsiest cornerback on the market that that uh, fills a need for them, and that's uh, Christian Gonzalez from uh, Oregon. The 6'1", long kind of cornerback, and uh, I'm going to go with that for uh, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders at seven. I'm looking at how smart you are because you already have picked three that I picked in my mock draft six. Great minds, John McClain. That's Great true. Minds. Congratulations. All Thank right. You. Uh, I get uh, Atlanta, Atlanta, Bijan Robinson, <sighs> even though they had Tyler Algiers got just a little over a thousand yards, he can't catch. Where Bijan Robinson is one of the best combination of runner, power runner, breakaway runner, and receiver we've ever seen. There's not one flaw on his resume, so I've got him going to the Falcons. Because Arthur Smith was there when Derrick Henry was drafted. He was there to watch Derrick Henry's development as a running back and how he helped them get to the playoffs, win the division, get home field advantage. It just seems like a perfect spot. Yeah, that is. uh, And and honestly, John, as a Texan fan, that breaks my heart a little bit because I was hoping that at least Nick Casario would be faced with a decision on Bijan Robinson at 12. I'm I am pro Bijan Robinson if the Texans are stuck there at 12 and can't move back because I feel like a lot of these guys across these different positions are all kind of the same guy, you know, like a, the receivers kind of the run on receivers and the run on non Will Anderson and non Tyree Wilson edge rushers seems to start around 12 and I'd be just as happy for example, a receiver, I'd be just as happy with Jackson Smith and Jigba as I would be with Zay Flowers, who's going like 22nd, or Quentin Johnston. So Bijan Robinson is special compared to those other running backs. I'll be disappointed if that happens, um, but so be it, I guess. All right, so I'm on the clock for Chicago here at 9. This was Carolina's pick. C.J. Stroud still on the board. Obviously, Chicago not in the market for a quarterback. I do think, John, if this were the real draft and not the McLean-Pendergast utopia mock draft where we're not doing trades – I do think Ryan Poles would be on the phone trying to move down again. He he seems to really like doing that. Um, so I with Stroud on the board, and I he may be getting phone calls at that point. I could see, I could I could see the Texans making a phone call there at least taking Stroud at nine instead of two. Um, I could see Washington looking to move up there and and get C.J. Stroud. I could see Tampa Bay looking to move up from nineteen to get C.J. Stroud. Um, but in this exercise, we're going with what we got, and I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to go with just solid offensive linemen, one they don't have to pay any moving and living expenses for, John, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern to the Bears. Great pick. He can be a tackle. He can be a guard. Uh, his his grandfather won multiple Super Bowls and in NFL championships as the right tackle for the Packers, and uh, I think that's a terrific pick. Uh, I've got the Eagles at number 10. And um, I think 
Boy, I thought B. John Robinson would be a great pick for them to replace Miles Sanders. And because he's special, I never think I never thought he'd get back. He would get by Atlanta and Philadelphia. They've got to replenish their defensive line. So I'm going with defensive end Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, who uh, didn't start because they had two guys that had been around a while, but he's disruptive and everybody loves everything about it. I just realized that we didn't do what I said we were going to do, which was have you do the odds on the back end here, but I don't care. I'd rather hear what you, and I think the audience would rather hear what you want to do with the Texans, both at two and 12. So no problem. We'll, we'll pick both. We'll both, we'll both do 12. We'll both do 12. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll both, because that's the last one anyways. All right. So now I'm on the clock and I'm Tennessee and the big four quarterbacks are off the board. And I'm thinking here that the Texans Where might be. Where do we have Stroud going? We've got, oh, Stroud's not. Oh, Stroud's right. available. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. There you go. John, you made it easy for Yeah. What What am I thinking? I just got done talking about CJ Stroud. So I, for some reason, I crossed him off my, off my brain list. Yeah. This is an easy one. CJ Stroud to the Titans at 11. What say you? Mike Vrabel gets to draft an Ohio State quarterback, and the Texans, after bypassing him, will play him two times. Every year. That and play Will Levis two times a year. Yeah, that would be a great, great pick if he if he were to fall that far, the value. So now with the Texans, uh, I'm going with the guy that I have a $20 bet with Landry Locker, says he's not going in the first round. And I've talked to too many people that are NFL people, former coaches, quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators, the more they – Watch Hendon Hooker, the more they like him. I'm going to say they're going to take Hooker uh, for their second number one pick. And uh, and saw, well, he's, he's not supposed to be ready before November. He's 25 on January 1st. So uh, he, if he plays till he's 35, it's still a 10-year career. The knock on Hooker, and I'm amazed that people don't talk about the offense he ran at Virginia Tech is that Josh Heupel's offense only requires you to play half the field. Well, they didn't do that because Hooker couldn't do it. They did it because that's Josh Heupel's offense, and he mastered it. He was great. He has a great arm. He runs. He's smart. He's experienced, and uh, he's got starts for almost four years under his belt. So I think Hendon Hooker is my pick for 12. You know what the interesting thing would be, John, is if it got to 11 and Hooker and Stroud were both on the board, Ooh. And and the and the Titans took Hooker instead of Stroud. Do you think the Texans take Stroud at twelve, or is it one of those things where, hey man, if we don't think he's a franchise quarterback at two, why would we think this is such an important position? Why would we think he's a franchise quarterback at twelve? I'm guessing they would take him because he's great value for twelve instead of two. But you're right about that. But then, unless they're going to trade for Trey Lance or sign Lamar Jackson, there's just no way they're going into the season with Davis Mills and Case Keenum as a quarterback. And you know what, John, and going through this exercise with you, a hooker at 12 feels a little high just compared to where he's been going in mock drafts and where he's been forecasted. That said, I think he's being forecasted where he is because he's 25 years old coming off an ACL. Like neither of those things bother me, as you and I talked about yesterday on the podcast. I don't care that he's 25. In fact, I think you could argue that in certain – aspects it's preferable that he's 25 instead of 20 like anthony richardson um and the acl doesn't bother me at all i i am 
I, I'm starting to really think about Hendon Hooker at 12, just because none of these other guys really float my boat at the positions. Like I'm looking, okay, edge rusher. Like even if Van Ness were there, I would have said this, but like Nolan Smith and and Miles Murphy, like those guys are, you know, Nolan Smith is a workout warrior and Miles Murphy is a guy that people feel like he didn't get to his ceiling at Clemson and his teammate Bressy is a guy who's been slipping lately. And then the wide receivers, like I said, I feel like just as good a chance the Texans can move up from 33 into the back end of the first round, or maybe even wait at 33 and get just as good a receiving prospect as you can get at 12. I, like Jackson Smith and Jigba is a nice player, but I don't watch him and go, man, that guy is special right there to the point where it it dissuades me from taking a chance on a franchise quarterback. So I, I'm with you on hooker. If I had to go non-hooker player at, at 12, I would probably, boy, I mean, you just took an edge rusher at two, so I'd probably look wide receiver because it's too early to take a center. Um, you know, you and I both think they need a center. Of all these receiving prospects, I still like Quentin Johnston the best, but he seems to be slipping. I might be able to get him later. Uh, the guy who's who's who I really like, the more I've learned more about him and watched him, is Zay Flowers from Boston College. He's really- small, but he catches at every level. Yeah. He looks he, – he, he – there's three or four guys, Jordan Addison. Those guys are all built like Brandon Cooks. Yes. They're light in the hips. Uh, they weigh in the 170s, but, they, but they've been great. And the thing about Flowers, he didn't have a big-time quarterback playing with him. So I I like him a lot. But there's so many receivers starting in the yeah. second round. Uh, I, I, don't, I have no idea what they would do. But to me, if you can get a receiver – to take the top off of defense, um, you should probably do it when you have the chance. This was a good exercise, John, because Bijan going off the board at eight really makes me feel like just how how much the same all these guys are after like nine or ten. You know, like they feel it feels like a real as far as things that fill the Texans' needs. Look, if they needed an offensive lineman, then there's some actually some really good ones still sitting there at twelve in the exercise you and I just went through. There's the Paris Johnson kid from Ohio State. Roderick Jones from Georgia. Um, those are two guys that you see kind of flirting with the top 10 in the draft. Um, but having gone through this exercise, I actually feel a little stronger that they're going to take a quarterback, at, that they would be willing to take Hendon Hooker. Who knows? They may have Hooker third on their board. You know, they may have Hooker ahead they of Stroud. Could. Yeah. They may. They, they, may. Have him, they may have him number two. I think we that's don't a, know. Yeah. I also I, think, Sean, they could trade back up to get a quarterback they want. Oh, certainly. I mean, they've got the they've got the capital to do whatever they want. You know, yeah. like they, they they can if they want to pay the freight, they can do whatever they want. They've got the they've got the draft picks to do it this year and next year. Um, well, that was fun. Okay, so just to recap, um, the the uh, McLean Pendergast Utopia top twelve in the draft uh, mock draft. Uh, Bryce Young, Carolina. Tyree Wilson uh, to the Texans at two. Uh, Will Anderson to the Cardinals at three. The the Colts select Will Levis at four. Seattle takes Anthony Richardson, quarterback Florida at five. Jalen Carter goes off the board at six to the Lions. Seven, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon, goes to the Raiders. The Falcons take Bijan Robinson at eight. The Bears take Peter Skaronsky, the O-lineman out of Northwestern at nine. At 10, Philadelphia takes Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher. C.J. Stroud goes to the Titans at 11. And then it's Hendon Hooker to the Texans at 12. So we got all five of the quarterbacks in these top 12, John. That was a fun exercise. And three of them are in the AFC South. 
Yes, sir. Going to make it fun. I'm rooting for that. I, you know, let's 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 give some juice to these AFC South games, right? Absolutely. Good stuff. All right, uh, John, we'll do a mailbag tomorrow. H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. So you still got 24 hours. Well, probably a little less than that to send in your questions. Uh, definitely less than that if you're listening to this, uh, you know, tonight or whatever. So H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. Uh, I would imagine we will be draft heavy in this mailbag, probably solo, just draft exclusively in this mailbag since it'll be on draft day eve that it drops um so john uh what else do you have going on i would imagine this is a busy busy time for you on all the various platforms that you're on i have a uh, column about uh, the texans possibilities for sportsradio610.com and i'm about to send in a mock draft and do a column on the texans for uh, gallerysports.com and uh Thank you very much, as always. It was a lot of fun and quite interesting. Indeed, indeed it was, John. Appreciate you and appreciate all of you listening. Appreciate Figgy Fig for getting this podcast to you. And uh, click that subscribe button and you'll get it to whatever device it is you listen to your podcast on automatically. You don't have to do anything. All the technology does the work for you. It's great. All right. Uh, for John McClain, the Hall of Famer, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you tomorrow. Mailbag episode. And then we're counting down to the drill. We're already counting down, but we are really counting down to the draft tomorrow draft day eve mailbag hou mailbag at gmail.com until tomorrow have a great day everybody <laughs>